Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for today's episode that is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We're around two days away from the Bucks season starting. I guess as you guys are listening to this, it's tomorrow. I, I, I always have to try and figure that out. But tomorrow, <laughs> Friday night, 5.30 Central Time, Bucks will play the Celtics and to discuss everything that's going on in the bubble right now. I have a special guest with me, someone I've wanted to get on the podcast for a long time, someone that I interact with on Twitter a lot, and someone that I'm sure a lot of the Bucks fans know from Twitter. Camille Davis is with me today. Camille, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm happy to be here. You know how much I love this podcast, so this is like a, a full circle moment for me. Well, we had to get you on. There's lots of things I want to ask you about, but before we do, you are one quarter. Is that right? There's four of you guys, right, on the Technical Foul Podcast? Four of us. That's right. right. So, again, I'm sure lots of the listeners have heard about this podcast, but you have to check it out. It's Technical Foul Podcast, technical with a K. That's right. Camille. (laughs) They have new episodes every single Wednesday, so make sure you check that out. But I figured today we could start by talking about the bubble in general, because I think as sports fans... We're looking around and we're seeing what's happening with the NFL. We're seeing what's happening with the MLB and particularly the Marlins in the last couple of days. The NBA today revealed that, again, for the second consecutive week, they've had zero positive tests in the bubble. I I think as far as, uh, I guess, optimism goes for this thing working, it really couldn't have gone much better to this point. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think that um, Adam Silver said it right where he said that he was cautiously optimistic about how things were going with the bubble. Um, I think the Lou Will situation showed that it can be fragile. Um, luckily, his you know his tests were still negative coming back, and it hasn't affected anyone else. But um, yeah, the bubble format seems to be the most logical way to have sports in America right now. Now, I can understand why other sports that's not you know in the cars for them, given the way that basketball is set up, you just need the court. The team sizes are a little bit smaller. Well, a lot smaller in comparison to uh, NFL teams, but it just makes sense. I think that the key with the bubble working though, has been the test results being able to come back so quickly, getting those results back within the 24 hours really helps them be able to see any, anything that might be going out of place with them. Unlike MLB where test results were taking days to come back at times and the NFL is talking about testing every other day once they get to a certain level and it I I said that um you know sports feels like it's a reward for being good which I've heard other people say and America hasn't been that good but we're still getting our sports so I guess that the only way that you can really do that is try to make it as safe as possible like the bubble so it's funny you mentioned the testing uh, and the turnarounds that teams are getting for results because I'm an A's fan in the baseball. And, and a couple of weeks mm-hmm. back, there was this story that came out that they didn't get their test results, I, I think because they didn't 
something happened where the shipping, the Sunday shipping was not a part of the, the test results <laughs> or something like that. And I'm sitting here thinking, is this actually serious? Are we trying to start a professional sports league and they're not getting the test results for two days and they can't practice because they didn't pay for Sunday shipping? I mean, what, what, what is going on? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like um, Dana White said uh, with the UFC, like if you're going to do this, it's going to be expensive. Um, you can't really skim costs on that. And not paying for Sunday shipping just seems like I, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense, when, especially when you're trying to cram as many games and as MLB is um, in such a short time frame. Okay, so you mentioned Lou Williams, so I got to get your reaction from this. Now, <laughs> I, I will admit, and, and again, you, you made the good point. I mean, I, honestly, if you want to be serious about this, like this situation, I think, identifies and highlights how fragile this could be if you let one mm-hmm. person slip back in. And if the photo wasn't online, then nobody knows that this yeah. happened, right? And then you have this exactly. guy coming back into the bubble. And sure, the testing is there, but you really are at the same time relying on people to be responsible and the reality is, I mean, we know this, like you can't be, you know, you got 400 people, 500 people, however many people it is, the chances that everyone is going to do the right thing is pretty low. So this was, while it's been kind of a funny story, um, as far as the NBA goes, certainly it it was something that could have put the season in jeopardy. Now I I've never been to a, a, let's call it a gentleman's club. I've never been to a gentleman's club (laughs) and ate food. Uh, and I don't know whether this is, is me being Australian. I mean, is this something that you looked at and you were like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Okay, so gentleman club culture um, is, is different <laughs> in the South um, than it is anywhere else in the country. Atlanta is a magical place um, where roller skating rinks and gentlemen clubs are just it's where you go. Like it, it's part of the culture down there. And um, when I saw that it was Magic City, of course, my first thought was not that he was there for food. But when it came (laughs) out that he was there for food, I said, okay, that makes sense. Now, I've never been to Magic City. Um, We were talking about it on Tech File saying we might have to make a group trip, you know, for research purposes to, (laughs) you know, (laughs) to make see how good the wings really are. But um, yeah, they have gotten rave reviews for years. Um, Lou Will actually tweeted like a year ago, arguing with somebody that Magic City has the best wings. He has um, his own flavor on the menu. So like, it makes sense to me that if you were you know, home, you were at a funeral, which is an emotionally draining situation to go through, that you might want some comfort food. And if your favorite food happens to be wings from this gentleman club, then so be it. Um, my biggest problem with it wasn't that of where he went or that he necessarily went. It was when I saw the photos of him looking like he was kind of just hanging out. Right, right. And there was a photo with like he didn't have a mask on. And that's when I really was like, okay, like you, you have to, at the bare minimum, you have to be wearing your mask and following the protocols. So listen, I am not someone, I honestly don't know if I've ever agreed with anything that Kendrick Perkins has said. Let me just say that. I, I don't think I, <laughs> I, like, I just, every single day he's trending and I have to click on it because I don't follow him and I have to see the latest ridiculous thing that he said. The one thing I will say, and not in defense of Kendrick Perkins, but this is just, you know, his name came up. He had a bit of back and forth with Lou Williams regarding this. Do we both agree that Lou Williams probably should have acted a little more apologetic afterwards, whether or not he actually believed he did something wrong? Because... The reality is whether the, the incident in isolation is minor, we want this thing to finish. And we, we like mm-hmm. the Bucks. We watch the Bucks. We don't want anything to jeopardize their chance of winning the title. 
Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Like I, when I saw that he got a 10 day quarantine, I said, that doesn't upset me. That yeah. seems fair. Like it, you have to show that you're taking this really seriously. Like one person can really derail a whole operation here. And the NBA has put so much time, resources, and money behind this. The players are sacrificing a lot being in this bubble as well, that you don't want wings to be the reason that, you know, this all falls apart. So I can, yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Now for a quick note from our friends at Axios, Camille. Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios today hosts Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. And never forget about our friends over at rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online, and they've been doing so for 20-plus years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Let's face it, there's probably never been a better time to fix your car than right now with everyone at home, not getting out that much. So go to rockauto.com because best of all, the prices are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, we have to talk about Giannis. It's a it's a rule on the podcast. Every single pod, we have to at least bring up Giannis. So we're going to talk <laughs> NBA awards now. Before we get into this, we've seen a few writers. They've Everyone got their ballots, so the, their votes are starting to come in. And the cool thing about this is you start to get those articles come out where they reveal their ballots, and you learn a little bit about potentially what's going to happen. And, you know, you could be for or against that, whatever. Either way, it's 2020. You're going to hear what people are voting. That's just the way it goes. But let's go back right. to March. There was a lot of frustration with Bucks fans from watching ESPN <laughs> and whatever other national TV channel you've been watching or national TV show you've been watching because... The Lakers were playing pretty damn good basketball. They beat the Bucs on the third, it would have been the third to last game Milwaukee played in mm-hmm. uh, LA before the season went down. Giannis hurt his knee. LeBron played really well. And it, this thing went into overdrive. I mean, if you're watching any mm-hmm. national show, they're saying LeBron is coming. LeBron might be the, the front runner now for the MVP. Before we move into where we're at right now, did you ever buy into that? Did you think the gap was closing? Were you feeling uncomfortable? I don't want to say I was feeling uncomfortable. I just kind of had to chuckle that the narratives were, were beginning. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's always interesting to me how quickly those narratives can come up after a couple of games. Whereas when we had the game in Milwaukee against the Lakers, I did not see that same energy given to Giannis after his amazing game against yeah. the Lakers. And it was just kind of like, okay, well, that's just the way that this is going to go. I had to come to grips with the fact that as a Bucks fan, um, we might not be liked necessarily by the cool kids, quote unquote. So the big people on ESPN, some of the talking heads that you might see, like a Kendrick Perkins. Um, I listened to the first take actually earlier where Kendrick Perkins and uh, Jacoby were arguing against Jalen Rose that LeBron is definitely the MVP. Like it's, they use the words not even close. And that's when I was like, I need to turn this off because (laughs) 
I can't trust a basketball opinion if you say it's not even close when Giannis statistically is just head and heels above LeBron in almost every category. And he's doing it in about, what, 30 minutes a game, 30.9 or something, somewhere around there, about four or five minutes less than what LeBron is doing. And when you look at the per 36 numbers between the two, like the gap gets even wider. And I can get people saying like, it's not about the stats, it's about the eye test, but it's like the eyes tell you too that Giannis is (laughs) like, he's the reason the Bucks play this way. Like the system was created to like unleash his skills that like, I don't know how you can discredit him for that. So I, it's really unfortunate because I love Jalen and Jacoby. I, I love watching that show. I love listening to the podcast if I'm not at home. But Jacoby is right up there with yeah. the, the number one Bucks fan. <laughs> man. He, he is. It is unbelievable. He doesn't think the Bucks are going to make the finals. He's been against them the whole time. So that doesn't surprise me that he was in LeBron's camp. But we have seen a few of the ballots come through. And the thing that I've always said to Bucks fans when they start to get a little bit frustrated, and you pointed to it, it's the talking head. So who's actually getting the ballots here? And I think for the most part, the NBA does a really good job of giving these ballots to smart basketball people. Not mm-hmm. people that are trying to get you know headlines and, and people to watch their shows and viewers. So guys like Zach Lowe, uh, yeah, whether you like him or not, Kevin O'Connor, we know he's a Boston man, which puts some people off. But I, I like him. He's a basketball <laughs> guy. They've given out their ballots. Uh, Dan Devine was another one. And it's trending that it's going the way we think it's going to go. Giannis is going yeah. to win this thing in a landslide. I don't think anyone is really surprised about that. And you talk about the on-off numbers. I, I just refreshed my memory this morning. So you mentioned the fact that he's playing significantly fewer minutes. So you have to take that into account when you're looking at these numbers as well. It makes it even more impressive. So Giannis off the floor, the Bucks have a net rating of 4.1. And on average, you're looking at about 18 minutes a game. That's the case. I mean, this guy's only yeah. playing 30 minutes. On the floor, they've got a plus 16.1, which is just absolutely absurd. So it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just unheard of. So this is so the Bucks are plus 12, have a plus 12 net rating. Uh, comparison when Giannis is on or off the floor. Now, the Lakers have a plus 11.7, so it's also very good. But I think the the interesting thing is that a lot of people will point to those on-off numbers without actually realizing that Giannis has a better net in, in that time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the other thing that everyone likes to point out, I mean, how good do we think Giannis would be with Anthony Davis next to him? Because I love Chris Milton. I, <laughs> he is an all-star player. He's probably going to be All-NBA. But Anthony Davis is mm-hmm. top five in the league. Exactly. And he's leading the Lakers in more categories than LeBron is. Like, I, I'm not trying to discredit LeBron James. Like, what LeBron is doing is impressive. Like, 17, 17 season, 35 years old, putting up these numbers. Lakers didn't make the playoffs last year. I, can, I completely understand that, and I respect it all. It's just, like, that being said, what Giannis has done has been more impressive, especially given his supporting cast. Um, I mean, the Bucks are built to be deeper, like they're a depth team. Like the minutes are spread out a little bit more than they are with the Lakers. But yeah, Anthony Davis and Giannis would be just <laughs> an unbelievable duo. Um, not to discredit Chris, like you mentioned, but it's just a little bit different. And even on, we haven't even touched the fact of the fact that Giannis could be Defensive Player of the Year as well. Like basketball is a two-way game, and Giannis is dominant on both ends of the court. Yeah, I would say the one thing that this extended break has given people the opportunity to do is just cool off a little bit on the hot mm-hmm. takes and take a step back and look at the season 
in totality and say, well, actually, hang on a second. I, I know we're all getting a little bit carried away and the Lakers were playing really well, but when we look at this uh, from the MVP discussion and also Defensive Player of the Year, as you said, which it does look from the ballots we're getting here that Giannis is getting a lot of those votes ahead of Anthony Davis as well. Uh, the only two players that have done the double, the MVP Defensive Player of the Year double, Michael Jordan and Hakeem. So he's, you know, he's on the verge of joining some, some pretty handy company there. Yeah, you know, one thing about being a Bucks fan and doing a podcast where, like, we don't focus just on the Bucks. So I try to, to <laughs> hone in my homerism a lot. Right. And um, I think that at times makes me not even appreciate exactly just how special of a player Giannis is because I'm trying to be as unbiased <laughs> as possible. Like, I watch Bucks games whenever they're on. So I'm, like, really into it. But it's like, no, what he's doing is historic, like – those are legendary names like to have Giannis join that rank is that would be amazing it would and this is you know I have no idea what the hell is going to go on with the the awards night now I mean who knows when that's going to be November I guess so we've got a little bit of time to wait here it's going to feel so strange that the voting or the voting was based on games that end in March and they're going to hand this award out in November I mean everything about this year is just super strange (laughs) I, I don't even I can't even think about that. And then are they going to have an awards night? Probably not. I mean, they're not going to get a bunch of people in a room unless they do it down in Disney. Who knows what what the plan is, but uh, I don't know. It's all strange. Question I wanted to ask you. You're still in Milwaukee. I'm not there Mm -hmm. anymore. Last year in the first round and also the second round, I didn't do any travel for the playoffs. So I, I let myself go a little bit. I was out there with the people. I was drinking beers and thank, yeah. thank goodness, actually, I didn't have this podcast to do post game because it would have been a wild ride <laughs> if I had been in the deer district and then came home to record. But what's your sense of what this is going to feel like? We've been able to watch a few scrimmage games now, but just for the city of Milwaukee, I mean, it's hard for me to get a real read on what's going on. I mean, Rightly or wrongly, it does seem that the bars are still pretty full. What are you expecting once these games roll around? I expect for Bucks fans to be even more vocal on social media, um, yeah. just given that we're we're not going to be able to be around each other as often as we were last year or even just before the pandemic hit. Um, I just think the city's still really excited. Like even my mom, who doesn't really watch basketball, like she called me like, "Oh my God, Bledsoe's back in the bubble! Like we're gonna, <laughs> like it's it's time." And I'm like, "Yeah, mom, yeah, he he is. How'd you know he was in the bubble?" But yeah, that is that's right. Like um, what the Bucks have have done has just been amazing, and I, the the support the city has behind this team amazes me. I recall back in the the red and the red and green days. Um, some of the dog days of being a Bucks fan, I would tell people in the city, like, yeah, I'm a Bucks fan and get laughed at, like in Milwaukee. And I, that, that always blew my mind where I'm like, yeah, like I know that we can go to the game for $15 and sit lower levels. So like, I understand that, <laughs> you know, yeah. things are, aren't, aren't great right now, but like, this is still my team. So me personally, as someone who's been a fan for so long, seeing them now, like it's great. And I know some Bucks fans, they get mad at like all the bandwagon, but the wagon's really full in the city, and that makes me really happy because I've always said when the bandwagon fans come, quote-unquote, is when you know you've made it. Like, you know you have a good team when everyone's behind you again. The same people who laughed are now, like, trying to get – we're trying to get tickets to the game, or they're tweeting about how Chris Middleton needs to get more respect, and it's, it's kind of cool to see that transformation. 
Yeah, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast before. This was before I was doing any of this the media stuff and I was just flying to Milwaukee just to watch games and, and like you said, get some cheap tickets and sit pretty close to the floor. But uh, there was a game, it was Bucks and Cavs a few years ago now. LeBron was still um, playing for Cleveland and we walked out of the game, the Bucks won, and I saw a guy, he had a LeBron James jersey on and then he took it off and then he had a, a Bucks like shop bag or whatever, and then put on a, a Giannis jersey. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, it feels kind of symbolic. I mean, here we are. I mean, we might see Giannis versus LeBron in the finals this year, but I remember sort of uh, grabbing my friend and saying, did you just see that? I'm like, I can't believe that this happened for a Milwaukee Bucks player. And that was probably 2017. So, I mean, we had a, a fair idea at this mm-hmm. point, the trajectory that Giannis was on. But you're right. I mean, the bandwagon fans, come on. You, I don't think that you can, uh, as someone that's watched the Bucks sit here and judge anyone for not sitting through that Yeah, decade. I definitely can't. I mean, come on. <laughs> Listen, I always have so much respect for anyone that did, and I love it, and, and I love the passion. But let's be real. I, I spent most of that time watching the TV just wondering what I was doing with my life. Yeah, I, I recall going to bars with my husband when we were dating. Like, our relationship kind of follows the, the Bucks drafting Giannis, which is always <laughs> really cool to me. Like, we got together the year the Bucks drafted him. And I remember going to, like, bars, and bars are showing every other thing but Bucks games. Yeah. And we had to request, like, could you please turn the Bucks on? And they would kind of look at us like, are you serious? Like, yeah. you really want to watch this right now? So, yeah, we've, we've come a long way. And um, I actually enjoy all of the love that has come now. All right, before we wrap this up, as I said, the Bucks and you can take it however you want to take it, but the season is starting again tomorrow. The Bucks are playing yeah. Friday night. It, it feels weird, and I'm, I, I can't get my mind out of the, the mindset that these games are still kind of preseason for, for the Bucks. but certainly the other games are going to be for real, and I, I think we've seen an intensity level in scrimmage play that has been below perhaps what we're going to expect in the coming games. But a lot of these teams not only are playing for playoff spots, they're playing for seeding and potential matchups in the first round. So it, it's real and it means a lot for a lot of these teams. But from a Bucks perspective, what are you wanting to see? Are you anxious about anything? And I'm talking just about these eight games because it, it truly is a weird feeling to be in the Bucks position. It really is. Like there's a couple of things that I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking for during these eight seeding games. So during the scrimmages, the last two in particular, the Bucks were looking a little bit more sloppy than I'm used to them looking. The turnovers were far more than I'm comfortable with um, against the Kings and against the Pelicans, two teams that play with pace, which I think has a little bit something to do with that. But they were kind of slow on rotations at times. It isn't like they were talking to clearly say who needs to be switching where in certain coverages. And I was like, that makes me a little uncomfortable. But then I would see Giannis come back in and drop, what, 30 points and. 20 something minutes like okay I I get it but um, another concern that I did have while watching him was Chris shooting from from three now Chris was was great uh, in the mid-range he was rebounding well he was making some excellent dimes like the beautiful passes uh, playing the pick and roll beautifully but I believe he was about like two for 11 from three over those three games it was a number that was very un-Chris Middleton like but my saving grace is to know that our first game back is against Boston. <laughs> right. And Chris always seems to turn into a human flamethrower against Boston. So I'm hoping that um, that gets him going from three. Yeah, me and you are on the same path there. I thought about the same thing. And remember, the stats do count. So the awards are done. Mm-hmm. The stats do count. And for anyone that 
really wants him to get that 50-40-90. He's going to start knocking down some shots. If he has a, a poor shooting night, that's really going to hurt his chances there. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. George Hill was the other one who... Yeah, we spoke yeah. about these two guys, Chris and George. Can they shoot the three as well as they did during the regular season? Not so much thus far, but again, uh, we are fortunate, stats aside, that they've got a little bit of time to run into form here, so that's going to be pretty good. But Camille, I said before we started recording, I, I wasn't sure what your last name was because it's Camille B <laughs> on Twitter. It is Camille that's Davis. Camille, yeah. I, I'm putting you in the same category as LeBron and Giannis. You're just Camille uh, to this point. <laughs> I have, no I, like doubt. I have no doubt through the playoffs we're going to get you back on, but it's been a long time coming. I know we spoke about this, so I'm glad we could uh, find some time to do this today. Same, same, same. Well, as I said, 5.30 Central Time Friday night. Frank's going to be back tomorrow, so we'll probably talk a little bit of Buck Celtics. As Camille said, we'll probably talk a little bit of Chris Middleton because he has got a pretty damn good history against those guys. But the games count. I've said if the Bucks want to win 60, it doesn't matter but they need to go 7-1, and one. so if they win tomorrow, <laughs> 60 games is still up for grabs. So uh, everyone out there, stay safe. Camille, you stay safe, and we'll be back tomorrow.